This is the John Oakley Show podcast. And one of the things that has changed is we are watching and paying really deep attention to all the people who are trying to mobilize across the country. I think another thing that was being called out amongst our political leaders, premiers, and the prime minister is there's a great force of people coming together, doing stuff they never thought they would do. You know, the Amish are making masks in their farmhouses, and auto workers are switching plants to make ventilators. People are coming together to make sure people have what they need. And one of the big areas that we need things for, of course, is personal protective equipment. And Conquer COVID-19 is a grassroots initiative trying to get that stuff out to those who need it, and it's been supported supported by some famous faces. Joining us is Dr. Farina Khan, who is a family physician. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. All right. How did this come together and how does it work? So Conquer COVID-19 um, started off as a small group of uh, individuals, five or six people, um, in the early weeks of this crisis that recognized that, um, you know, while the government had the best of intentions of moving personal protective equipment uh, to frontline workers, it just wasn't moving fast enough. And so there were a few of us who recognized this need and started sort of calling our contacts and trying to connect uh, frontline workers with providers. Um, and it's remarkable how it's grown exponentially just in recent weeks. Um, but the goal really is to mobilize and mobilize quickly and get protective equipment where it needs to be. So that's frontline healthcare workers that includes uh, physicians, um, uh, nurses, uh, hospitals, nursing homes, um, and we're even working on getting it to uh, grocery stores and that, those kinds of places as well. So you're, And there are new places that need it. You're absolutely right. Let me ask you, how are you doing? Because we know there's a need. We know 3M had stopped the shipment. Now we got a shipment. The whole country now is talking about masks. We are being told to wear them individually. What kind of shortages are you seeing or are things starting to flow? Uh, I think, well, I know that over at Conquer COVID-19, we definitely see that things are starting to flow. Um, we've had amazing support from individuals, probably, you know, it's a team of 80 and counting now, uh, plus with the addition of a few celebrity faces, um, Haley Wickenheiser and Ryan Reynolds have um, put sort of, uh, you know, their, their names, their faces, their energy behind the cause. And I think that's been uh, huge for us in terms of uh, raising awareness. And in doing so, we've had... Um, wonderful uh, support, even from folks who perhaps can't provide PPE directly, but for example, Volvo wanting to find a way to get involved and support the cause has provided us with 12 vehicles to help us move these materials. So um, things are definitely flowing, that's for sure. All right, and they are flowing, and are they getting to the people who need them? And how are you dealing with this new determination? Because you just said something, you know, now you got to get them to grocery workers. Now you got to get them not just to doctors. Yes, no, absolutely. I mean, to, to me, frontline, I know I'm a physician myself. My husband is an emergency um, a medicine physician. But really, it's anyone who's out there in the community still providing services and still being uh, face-to-face with with locals in the community as they manage to go about um, their day in this crisis situation. So there's a need for anyone who is in contact with anyone in a large way. Um, 
And so, so really, the, the efforts have been expanded in that regard, recognizing that need. We have, we know we're sort of based in and around the GTA. We have volunteers largely in Ontario and Quebec. Um, and uh, as this is growing, we're hoping to get volunteers in other, in other communities and other cities that can move as quickly as we've been moving. So we can get to those smaller places that are often overlooked, the local clinics, um, the local nursing homes, long-term care facilities, uh, those kinds of areas that can easily be overlooked and missed um, when you're looking at sort of the larger government rollout. And now we have new criteria. Now um, there is a move for for people who are not in a hospital setting to wear cloth masks. Is there a different kind of product you're dealing with now, doctor? Uh, well, so for the most part, we, we are still trying to get the medically approved, the government approved kinds of materials uh, for people that we know are in high risk um, positions in terms of their work. But yes, there is greater conversation around the fact that at least to reduce spread and to to try to minimize the risk, even a certain degree, even the cloth masks can be helpful. They're perhaps not medical grade helpful in the situation where we are dealing with COVID positive um, individuals in a healthcare setting or, or, or people just presenting with symptoms that are yet to be determined by way of diagnosis. Um, so we still want to try to maintain that degree of um, quality in, a, in the products that we're procuring. But yes, you know, there, there is a role uh, there for um, you know, uh, you know, homemade kind of um, uh, materials to just protect from droplet movement in general. You know, we've seen and heard and talked to, to some people in the medical community and hearing the frustration and the fear and the braveness, actually, in their voices has been really hard to take. You know, it's it's incredible what now they're doing on the front lines. It's incredible to feel not safe doing it. Is that abating a little bit? Uh, you know, I think as the crisis rolls on and we don't really have a sense of when the end um, is in sight, I, I think doctors are, we're genuinely, um, you know, we're genuinely concerned. We're genuinely afraid. I mean, physicians um, still have, you have families that we come home to. I know myself and my husband were being, you know, particularly careful and mindful of, you know, changing, showering and everything as soon as we come home. We've got four little kids um, and that's not unique to us. Um, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm so proud of the medical community, and I, I say this not just for the doctors, but anyone who is stepping up in, in the healthcare setting, um, because they're, they're, the, the risk is real. There really is a fear. And I don't know of anyone, none of my colleagues have backed down from the call to assist. Um, and and I, I think it's unprecedented in our time. No doctor that I know has said, you know, this is not for me. Nope, this is not what I signed up for. Nope. This is not where I'm going to work. Everyone has stepped up and said, you know what, where can I help? How can I be safe? How can I be of assistance to my colleagues? How can I take the best care of my patients? So it really is um, quite remarkable. And I think the medical community is standing in solidarity with each other. But I think it's that the outpouring of support and well wishes. Um, to the medical community, it's been it's been huge, and it's not something that doctors are used to. All the I was going to ask um, you that, and that mm-hmm. must feel so different. You know, often when the doctors are in the news, we've got some negotiation with the government, and there are you know commercials and press releases and interviews like this. But this is so very different. Has something been driven home? Do you feel that what doctors and medical professionals do every day? Has that gone to a new place in people's mind, do you think? 
Oh, I think so. Absolutely. I mean, look, I, you know, um, for the longest time, or, or, you know, whether it would be Christmas or the holiday season, as a doctor, you, you'd get a, a lovely token of appreciation from some of your patients. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and not to minimize that. There's, it's lovely. It's kind. Uh, I think for the first time, though, uh, I've had almost every one of the patients I've encountered stop and ask me, how are you doing? How are you doing, doctor? And um, it, it, it's kind, and it's, um, it's a real change. It's, and we're not, I don't think we're used to it. I don't think we're used to, as physicians, being asked how we're doing and then responding with the truth. <laughs> um, so it's, it, I really am finding that that mutual compassion is starting to show. And I, I hope that that, um, that that stays, you know, that for the patient-physician relationship, I think that that's something that's been overlooked for at least my experience of practicing medicine for 13 years. Yeah, and the first time, absolutely. And it, it's, it's certainly going to be hanging around. There's no doubt about that. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Fariha Khan, and thank you for everything you're doing. Thank you so much for having me. All right, we're going to take a break, and we will have more. In the five-hour, I'm Arlene Bynan. As we go in and out of where we are with this COVID-19, it's Easter weekend, but it's not the same kind of Easter weekend we've ever had before. This is Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.